podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. A Celtic state of mind. This is the match day coverage, and we are doing it in collaboration with Celtic Down Under. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm based in the studio out in Dalkeith. I'm joined today by the two Conleys, Lawrence and Sean. Lawrence is a wee bit closer to me than Sean. Tell me where you are, Sean. Where are you going to be enjoying this game this afternoon? Uh, I'm at home in uh, Western Australia, uh, just South Perth at the moment. So I'll be watching it at home. I was at the club last week, the Perth Celtic Supporters Club, uh, which is that Johnny Fox's? Quite good nights in there. Yeah. Quite quiet and reserved nights, I, I am sure. <laughs> we can we get about uh, we've got about four hundred members normally, That's four to five hundred, and it, it gets packed wow. out on uh, the derby nights. It gets pretty busy. Get uh, Gary Jameson in singing the Rebs for like an hour or two before the game. Uh, sometimes get who do we have down? Um, Harry Hood or something, I can't remember who the guy was. Uh, we're trying to get Lee Griffiths down from next week, but we'll see. All right, yeah. enough. Yeah, Lee Griffiths, we spoke about him during the week there. Um, I was meaning to actually check this before the game. When is his debut for Mandura? Uh, when, when is that it happening? Was, it, well, if I was, I didn't actually check it, but it was supposed to be yesterday. So I didn't check it right. if he played or not. Um, right. They had, uh, before yesterday, they had four games left in their season. So. Mm-hmm. The, the story was he was only going to play two games, so I think it was literally just that he's here on a holiday. But it's very tin pot, to be honest. It would just be kicking a ball. Like, I mean, it's not here by our standards, but like it would be EK, not even EK, like not even East Bride FC level, it would be like EK Thistle, that sort of level. Andrew. Really? That, that's yeah. really interesting. I mean, I, I don't want to labour it. Obviously, it's come up in conversation, uh, and it's really interesting to know the level because I think that's what the biggest surprise was during the week when it was announced that he would be going over there to play a couple of games. And I think playing devil's advocate, we said, you know, it might be treated as trial matches where maybe some of the, the higher league clubs would be invited down to have a look at him, see if uh, they want to take a chance on him. Because I think Jason Cummins has done all right since he's went over to Australia, hasn't he? Yeah, look, it's definitely not that. <clears throat> he's definitely not a manager for a trial. He's he's probably there for a piss-up. He's, um, he's on a jolly. He's on a jolly. Yeah, 
I'd say so. I don't think anyone really scouts uh, that kind of level. Uh, the way kind of clubs here work is you kind of, if you're a community club like Mandurah, you have like eight-year-old kids all the way up to state league level and everything in between, like Mackinac level and ladies' mm. teams and all that will play at the one club. So they are a really big community club, but their highest level team, which Griffiths will be playing for, would be like EK Thistle level. It's not, it's not wow. that kind of... That's interesting. Yeah. That really is interesting, Lawrence. And I know we did during the week speak about the rise and fall of Lee Griffiths. Where did it all go wrong? And I'm sure there's a few chapters left in that discussion as well, Lawrence. But we need to move on, don't we? I mean, this time last year, or roughly this time last year, he was given a new contract by Hans Postacoglu. Um, but he couldn't be further from the plans as we look at the, the Celtic side. Lawrence, I'm going to bring up any shocks, any surprises, or pretty predictable, if that's the right word, in terms of the starting 11 today. Yeah, I, th- I think it is predictable. No, no surprises at all. Big Jens looked well. A couple of times Boyd run, run off him, but I th- think it's just a wee bit of rustiness. Uh, yeah. We'd expect, what? you know, five of the front six to get changed at some point during the game, but it, mm-hmm. it looks as if that's going to be a settled defence. J- just now, Hart, Yananovic, Jens, Carter Vickers and Taylor. You know? And of course, we've got Starfield sitting on the bench. Sean, what do you make of this? Because obviously, we were in a scenario once again where we had a, a long-term injury uh, last season, which uh, probably resulted in Carter Vickers coming in, the long-term injury being, of course, Chris Julian. This time round, Chris Julian's out the picture, Starfield's injured when we bring in gents, but he's done nothing to suggest that he shouldn't start. So Starfield sitting on the bench is due to the fact that Jens has come in and, and sorry, Jens has come in and done particularly well. Have you been impressed with him so far? I know we're only judging him on a game. Yeah, one game, but he had that kind of, with the words, the, I'm sure every media person in the world used to describe him would be marauding. And uh, if you can get that, particularly in Scottish football, and particularly when we're coming up against teams with these low blocks, um, if you're the centre-back and you carry the ball out and you beat one man, beat two men, then the third person has to come to you and you free a man. So, like, being able to carry the ball at defence like that is going to create spaces. Um, in regards to Starfield, I'll, anyone that listens to the podcast will know that I'm not his biggest fan, but it's not because I think he's a bad player. I think he should be a backup to Carter Vickers. I just, it absolutely gives me the fear that he cannot pass and he cannot mm-hmm. tackle with his left foot and he's playing on the left side of the two centre-backs. Like, you know, there's degrees, like Van Dyke plays left centre-back, but he, even though he's right-footed, because he, he's functional with his left foot, but like yeah. Starfield does this thing where, and every every centre-back knows, you don't, do you mean, if you're square to a player like this, you don't tackle with your far-away foot, you have to use the one that's on that side. So it's, it's Yeah. No, I, I totally get what you mean because all season last year, yes, and I get the, the caveat always is we had the best defensive record and I know that's going to be coming in in the comments and it's fair comment. However, every time, like you say, he's going for a tackle or even receiving the ball, his body shape is always being adjusted uh, so that he can receive it on his left or tackle his left. And I think that even when you're not natural, obviously uh, to have that two-footed ability is going to be pivotal because you're not moving Carter Vickers from the right-hand side of that defence. He's an absolute rock. So when I look at last season, if we were being really, really pr- critical and thinking we're going to improve this side, we really want to make an impression in Europe, I think one of the uh, positions was certainly, you know, if you could get an upgrade on Starfield, you would, because Starfield would be a phenomenal backup. Um, the other one, interestingly, 
sign off was probably Greg Taylor, who's obviously been picked for the uh, lineup picture today. Um, his start to the season, Lawrence, has been very impressive. And of course, due to that, we haven't seen Bernie Bay playing any competitive action as of yet. Um, how impressed have you been with Greg Taylor, Lawrence? I've been impressed with Greg for a long time, you know, and I don't think uh, we will want a competition. For me, it was, you know, competition for Taylor, not necessarily an upgrade on him. Uh, what Bernabe is going to be like, who knows, because the form Taylor's in, he's not going to lose the jersey. So, you know, he's been singled out by Ange for praise last season. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, he's still young, what, he's 23, 24, Taylor? You know, so he's, he's still got a, yeah. lot, a lot of time to develop his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's so reliable, he gives 100%, he follows the, the manager's instructions. So it kind of makes it easy to play the system if he if he's doing that. So he's, he's, yeah, he's been brilliant. Be, he's he's yeah, been brilliant in that inverted fullback, Lawrence. He's he's adjusted to that uh, very very well. As has Ralston on the other side, who's not starting today. But um, you know, with any new signings, Lawrence, you want to see them in action. But I mean, we've been pretty uh, you know impressed with Greg Taylor. So we haven't seen Bernabe, the first Argentinian to play for Celtic. We've not seen him in action. Obviously, Taylor is up against his former club. Lawrence, he knows this park pretty well. But before we came on, we were talking about Kilmarnock. Um, and we don't really view them. I know that this is our first season back into the league, but we don't really view them as a anything other than a Premiership club, do we? Lawrence, nah, that's one they're, for they're you. Definitely a, sorry, no, they're definitely a Premiership club. You know, I, I remember kind of Tommy Burns got, got dressed him, got down there and been manager. And then uh, I think we got a record signed, didn't we? You know, Was it 100 um, grand? <laughs> maybe more, mate. Maybe a couple hundred. Yeah, I think the SFA will yeah, come down particularly. Unlike them, come down particularly hard on Celtic. And we got a record fine. We brought Tommy back, but uh, pretty much since, since then, Kelly were a, a Premiership club, weren't they? Uh, mm. But so, as you said, Greg knows every inch of that plastic on that pitch. Uh, so yeah, listen, I'm expecting you know a fairly comfortable win. Uh, I'm just hoping we avoid injury. You know, we're two games in. You know, you might have injured last game, you'd real injured mm-hmm. the, the game before. It, mm-hmm. It's a worrying pattern if it happens in a third game, isn't it? No, it is, it is a worry. We've spoken, Sean, about the protection of our players. And, you know, we spoke about it last season, actually, and I just don't think it's improved at all. I mean, some of the, the uh, roughhouse tactics in the first couple of games really haven't been dealt with by the referees. Is that a big concern for you, the inconsistency there? Well, I don't think it's inconsistent. I think it's very consistent. Uh, just consistently bad. Consistently um, bad against <laughs> us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And look, I've made this point uh, before that, like, um, you, the refereeing is holding back the standard of Scottish football. Like, if we, the tackles that are allowed to slide in Scottish football would be absolutely stamped out in places like England and Spain and Germany uh, because they want teams to be playing football and they want to encourage uh, skills and you know showmanship whereas up in Scotland it's like yeah it's a man's game oh, toughen up kid you know like we want everyone and sometimes the fans kind of encourage that as well with you know uh, we still celebrate that Jozo Semyonovic putting Kenny Miller <laughs> 10 foot in there do you know what I mean so we're almost as guilty it's a cultural thing but uh, you're right it's guys are getting injured man like it's it, it didn't feel as prominent last year because of all the hamstring injuries so we were like pointing at sports science and squad depth and now the only injuries we're picking up this year are as you say like taking a knock you know 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you're right about the Jozo challenge. And of course, yesterday, uh, Hickey done something similar with a wee shoulder barge into uh, Ronaldo and it went viral because, you know, fans do tend to enjoy that. And of course, Greg Taylor done it on this very part to Joey Barton when he was a, a Kelly player against Rangers. Uh, so yeah, good point. Very well made. We do look for protection, but when it happens, we give it a little cheer, uh, I've got to say. Juranovic starts at right back. Lawrence Connolly, will that be a permanent fixture this season? Can we keep a hold of uh, Josip Juranovic? Andy's on record. It says, you know, we'll keep players who want to be here. Uh, Josip, what is he, 28? So if we're going to sell him, it's either this year or next next year. He's 27, 28, isn't he? You know, before his, his value goes down. Two and a half million signing. I know if somebody was to offer us 25 million, I, I think Celtic would bite the hand off. And uh, you would just hope that the coaching staff, Tosh, oh, sorry, scouting staff, Tosh uh, and company have, you know, a number of right backs being looked at just in case that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Incidentally, I've got to say, I mean, my world tour of Scotland continues. Yesterday, Lawrence, I travelled to Ardrossan. I know nothing about these places, right? I'm just a country bumpkin from Fife. So I drive to Ardrossan uh, to meet someone about the big Celtic uh, charity weekender on Axom. Uh, year one, we raised 20, over 26k. And then in year two, we raised almost 29. In fact, it might have touched 29 because some of the uh, contributions have continued to come in. And in year three, at the end of this year, we are going to do something massive um, to hopefully push our total charitable donations to over a hundred grand so uh, I was in discussions yesterday we're going to do it a wee bit differently this time round uh, but it did mean sitting in the sun uh, on the seafront at Ardrossan which was absolutely lovely I've got to say um, anybody from that neck of the woods please get in touch with us in the comment section just like Frank Brennan has on YouTube whatever else happens today there is absolutely no substitute for victory whilst a few goals and clean sheets would be ideal uh, first and foremost a win is only what always matters. Well, Frank, I totally get that. I know that Ange's looking for this uh, football utopia, Sean, where he's talking about, um, you know, the entertainment and sticking to the principles that he has implemented. But we all know, obviously, getting out there and getting a result against the likes of Ross County last week, Kilmarnock away from home, couple of tough away fixtures. Um, but I would I would expect, even if you get a win, if we don't play well enough, Ange will pick it up in the, the post-match interviews, won't he? Yeah, and look, there was when we played Aberdeen in the first game of the season, new team, but we were up against Jim Goodwin. We knew what to expect, and we got what to expect. Same against Ross County, we got the exact same thing. And tomorrow, this might be. This is actually a surprisingly, when I looked at the squad list, a surprisingly familiar Kilmarnock team from the one that went down uh, two mm. years ago. Like they've still got the likes of Alan Power, whose only question is, is it going to be a yellow or a red card that he gets? Uh, and there's, and as you said. I kind of half agree that the the obviously three points is the most important, but it's in it's even it feels like it's more significant because it's so rare to actually get a good game of football on the plastic. So yeah. it's like we don't really expect to be enjoying the football today. And like when we beat Livingston three one, that was amazing because not just because it's been so long since we beat them, but just because it was actually a good game to watch on plastic. It's pretty uh-huh. rare. I think we had. We beat Hamilton four one in plastic, and look, we really missed a chance last year when there was only one team with plastic to vote this out. But here we are, two of them again, and hopefully no more come up. 
You know, when we're speaking to yourself and Jared and uh, Liam, when, when you're on the show, it's great to tap into uh, what happens in Australian football and, of course, with Liam uh, in Japanese football as well. What is the story over there then, Sean, in terms of artificial surfaces? I mean, we've been moaning them season on season, but, you know, we've had as much as a quarter of the teams in the top league in recent times with, with a plastic pitch. What's it like over in Australia? It's really rare. Uh, in, I mean, I play amateur stuff in there's only one team we play against that has one out of like dozens of teams. Uh, so the councils do a really put a lot of effort and money into maintaining grass uh, to varying degrees of success. Uh, I drove by a prison today and they had a beautiful grass pitch out there. So if they can do it, you know, um, and we've got, yeah, like it's easier to grow grass in the sun and we just chuck lots of water at it. And, you know, that's, but yeah, it's actually pretty rare. And also because in the summer it's pretty unplayable with the heat. Uh, your your boots will literally melt. Uh, I had mm. a pair of boots that done me for five, six years. 35, 40 degree day on a plastic pitch and they literally melted. Like the, the sole melted off of the... So that's why, wow. that's probably why it's rare. Maybe they're more common out east, but uh, in WA, it's pretty rare. Yeah, I mean, that that is incredible. Lawrence, I, I do remember when some of the teams were going for the artificial surfaces. Dunfermline Athletic, for example, back in the day, they seen it as a financial element whereby they're paying for a groundsman, obviously, to maintain the park. And they thought if they put the plastic in, they can rent it out during the week and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, is that a false economy, Lawrence? I think, uh, you know, over a, over the piece, does it really save the clubs much money? I, I thought you were going to say back in the day, Terry Venables and QPR. Yeah, you know, but uh, I thought the Bermuds was pretty recent, mate. But listen, when was I, when I, was that? It must have been. Oh, I think it was eighty-five or something, mate. Of, no, uh, late nineties, late nineties, late nineties. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking. I'm talking the pars. Oh, the, the pars. Oh, the, yeah, 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 late nineties, mate. Yeah, yeah. late late nineties. QPR so, and Luton, remember Luton Town? They were one of the first as well, weren't they, down in England? Yeah. So I think those they were eighty-five. Were brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were first generation. They were bad, man. Terrible. Uh, the one at East End, Sean, you could actually see it was like carpet tiles. And sometimes if somebody slid in, the tile would move. You know, you could see it in pictures. It was terrible, just wee square tiles. And uh, obviously, the little rubber uh, pellets that you get in Scotland as well. If you ever play sevens and, and you know, for, for days and weeks afterwards, they're all over your car and your kitchen and in your socks and all sorts of stuff. But um, I, I just don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a top league in Scotland. We want to be taken seriously. But what we've got, we've got incompetent referees, pitches that are not fit for purpose. And the authority that actually regulates the game isn't fit for purpose. It's just that it's a miracle that we're able to to um, have such a well-supported league when you've got all these things working against you. Obviously, we won't get into the TV deal um, either. But moving into the midfield then, uh, obviously, Lawrence, you've already picked up on the fact that we're, uh, we're nursing a few injuries in the squad. One of them, of course, is Rio Atate who looked in pre-season and at the beginning of the competitive matches as though uh, we were getting a version two of someone who'd had a really good rest pre-season with the club, etc. He's replaced, however, by Turnbull. Um, still an extremely um, strong midfield. Uh, what's your take on Turnbull? I mean, is he able to keep that jersey or is he just keeping it warm for Hatati's return? I mean, top scorer pre-season. So far, he's been okay, but... You know, if Atati was fit today, yeah, I'd be swapping Turnbull out for Atati. But, listen, I, I keep saying it, I suppose, every time I'm on. You, you know, five out of your, your front six you expect to, to change. So, I, I, guys like Abada, you could say, well, would start him. But, you know, 
there is a as important coming off the bench and making an impact then. It's, mm-hmm. it's just the way Ange manages the team, isn't it? You know, you expect your defence not to be changed. Probably Callum to see out the, the game or if it gets comfortable, maybe give him a, a rest. But, you know, five out of that front six will change. So this is when it really does become a squad game, isn't it? You know, the guys on the bench are going to be involved and going to, we're going to be looking to them to make an impact throughout, throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. What's your take yourself, Sean? Because I think we were all blown away by Hatate when, you know, that initial impact that he made when he came into the side, his performance against Rangers in February. But he spoke about being tired near the end of the season and it looked as though he was kind of turbocharged when we kicked off this season. Then he gets an an injury. But I mean, Turnbull... I mean, when you look at his Celtic career, a bit stop-start, but um, he's an, he's a brilliant uh, backup, I would suggest. But I don't, still don't think he'll be in the strongest eleven. What's your take on that? I feel like Turnbull is very much like a right-footed version of Matt O'Reilly. I feel they're very similar style players, uh, so I'm very comfortable him being there. And I think Hitati sometimes gets an odd because he's just a bit more powerful and a bit faster, uh, just a bit more physical than Turnbull is, and that's kind of slightly more suited to uh, the kind of closing down pressing style of uh, Postacoglu. So, but in Turnbull is absolutely the number four centre mid that we have in our team. Um, and I would, I'm just going to chuck another name out there and you can you see what you say, but um, a player that would have been starting today if he was still here and is currently a free agent would be Tom Rogic, I reckon. Mm. And I don't know if we're feeling that, going to feel that absence today, uh, having that maturity and physicality and just finesse on this pitch, you know? Uh, I mean, we've seen some performance at Rugby Park from Tommy Rogic. I was going to actually ask you about him. I mean, what's what's the latest um, in relation to him getting a club and what level do you think he's going to end up at, Sean? Well, he's back in the UK just now. Uh, I think he's in Scotland. But I, I'm assuming that's because his partner's Scottish. Uh, the latest rumour is that he might retire, but uh, with the World Cup coming up and if he's match fit, he's guaranteed a spot. So I don't really see him retiring, to be honest. It seems like a weird rumour to me. Uh, if he's back in the UK just now, having a kick about, then I could, I don't know, I could see him doing a short-term contract in the English Championship or something like that to get, just be match fit for the World Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, he's certainly made his money at Celtic and he seems quite happy and he does seem to want to come home, but season over here doesn't start till November, really. So he's not going to be playing before the World Cup in Australia, I reckon he, he could take a six-month or one-year contract before he comes back. It's incredible. I, I've heard uh, from people at the club, obviously, that he's um, the most laid-back player at Celtic Park, or was Lawrence until his departure. But it is unusual for a player of such talent to be clubless, to be a free agent at this stage. And um, it, it probably does come down to what he wants to do. It would be a bit of a, a travesty, though, Lawrence, if someone like Tommy Rogic was to retire at the age of 30, 31, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's down to Tom, isn't it? Maybe he just doesn't want to play anymore. But you, you'd have thought he'd have loads of offers by now, because, you know, cracking season last season. Uh, it's certainly a strange one. Celtic had a, a year's option and he asked us not to take up. And, you know, whatever's going on, kind of personally, he's decided he doesn't, he doesn't want to stay. So, you know, I was talking about about it this morning with a few boys and we're saying, you know, we could offer him another year's contract, but at, at that point, surely we'd have just stayed because mm. there must be offers out there for somebody of Tom's quality. He must have been... I think, he's only, I think he's only 29. Is he 29? Wow. Wow. Because he's he was for nine and a half years at Celtic. He was. That's why I was surprised he left as well because he left just before his testimonial. Like he I know. He drew a testimonial last January. That's the thing. I mean, him and uh, Nier Beaton were getting to that 10-year mark 
Wow, twenty nine. Yeah. I've put two years on Tommy. He doesn't look thirty one. He, I mean, he looks twenty nine. That that's even worse. Then I mean, surely a player of his caliber, twenty nine years of age, that would be like a modern day travesty in terms of the ability he's got, and he, he must have four or five years in the legs. Comes down to the personal preference, of course. Let's talk about the the forward options then. Abada, um, we've spoken a wee bit about Abada and uh, the impact that he's made. Sean, I'll stay with you just now. What's your thoughts on that again? Because come to the end of last season, he was getting used more and more sparingly over the piece. He had a brilliant debut season. But again, he's not you know cemented his position in the starting 11 yet. Great option on the bench though, isn't he? Yeah, but I think he can feel really hard done by to not be starting today. Uh, I think a lot of the players on the bench are seeing a lot less game time than they would because we're not got midweek games at the moment. So mm. it's very much comes down to there's not that need for rotation. And I guess Postacoglu just wants his first choice fully up to speed by the time Europe comes around, uh, when we will be seeing the likes of Bernabe and Moy and all that getting a game on the weekends. Uh, but given how Maeda has been uh, quite not ineffectual, but been struggling against the low block in the first couple of games. And Abada's really done a lot more when he's come off the bench. I think he can feel certainly hard done by today. Yeah, definitely. I'm keen to get people's uh, comments up. Joe Porter joins us regularly. Thank you for commenting, Joe. 2-0 Celtic, Jota double. Yeah, I'd be more, more than happy with that. Uh, we've also got uh, Green Lichty, Green Lichty, strong team and bench. Would have gone for Gigi to start personally. Do you agree with that, Lawrence? Um, would you have played... Yakamakis up top, you're quite happy with Kyogo's start to the season. I don't think Yakamakis or Kyogo have yet got properly into their stride, but perhaps, you know, the plastic pitch, it's a wee bit, you'd expect the ball to be in the air a bit more. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you could see starting Yakamakis, but, you know, we'll see him at some point today. You know, we'll probably have see we him seen, in the next minute, Mark. Have we seen Kyogo playing plastic yet? Interesting point, have we? Because um, he, he's injured for the, the, the second Levy game. I don't remember yeah. if he'd signed in time for the first one. No, that, that is a good shout. He came on, uh, he made his debut against Hearts, didn't he, at Tynecastle? Oh, he did. Um, so he was here. But, yeah, but I would need to double-check that and see how effective he has been on the plastic surface. It's something, again, that top-quality managers must be shaking their heads. You know, which of my players can play well on plastic? It was always a concern with Simunovic, wasn't it, when he was at the club? Um, here we go. Michael Ross. Hail, hail, boys and girls. Mon the hoops. Nice, positive comment, Michael. Enjoy the game. We'll be back at half-time. And Patrick Hohen. Morning, gents. A big hello from Coventry. Buzzing for today's game. Uh, we've got quite a lot of viewers from Coventry, Lawrence. I mean, I guess they could tell us what was that? Coventry Emerald. Yeah, well, you know all, yeah, all the clubs. Well, I was going to say they're drossing Gary Owen earlier, mate, but you, you, you didn't give me a chance. But I'm pretty sure they're pretty big down there in Drossing. Oh, Gary lovely. Owen. Could have nipped in yesterday. Um, I was there all morning. David Boyle, I hope Yent starts. Yes, he has, as I feel him in CCV can really help us in Europe this season. Um, we were talking about that earlier, David, in re- relation to upgrading players. Um, and yet, so far, yeah, we've only seen him the once, but uh, he has looked good. Kookaburra against a team of hammer throwers, going back to what Sean said earlier, uh, who parked the bus on a plastic pitch should be a walk in the park. Um, is it ever a walk in the park at Rugby Park? And John Francis comes in to say, I wonder if Kelly watered the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I mean, McInnes is a wily old fox, isn't he? I mean, were you surprised he was out the game for so long? You, you know he can do a job like, um, you know, in the Scottish Premiership, Sean, and I'm pretty sure he'll keep coming on the cup. We are saying that earlier. They're, they're a Premiership team, aren't they? 
Uh, they are, they are. Um, as much as I don't really like, honestly, the plastic pitch is half, more than half of my chagrin with Kamarnock. That and their kind of stubborn away end refusal uh, thing. But uh, yeah, they, they they certainly do have that profile as a, as a Premiership team. And to be honest, I'd love to. Wish we had a bigger top flight to be honest, so we could actually be seeing like a Kilmarnock and Air Ayrshire Derby in the top flight as well. But what what do I know? I'm just a fan. No, but you know, I, I do agree with that. We do have scope there. We do have scope for a bigger league. There's no doubt about it uh, whatsoever. And and by the way, I think that the championship and the first division um, are well worth the watching this season as well because there's some cracking derbies, etc. Um, down there. And uh, looking at you know, sorry, on you go, pal. I would say there was a Glasgow derby yesterday. Queen's Park beat Party Thistle 1-0. Queen's Park, you know, I, I'm keeping an eye on the results every single week because, I mean, mm. their rise has been astonishing. Um, and, you know, I don't know if there was interest in Owen Coyle by Motherwell, but I, w- I would have been surprised if there, there wasn't. I'm going to go back to a point you made about the marauding Jens. That's something that we were kind of missing since uh, Chris Iyer left the club. The, you know, as you say, you can you can basically turn defence into attack with a 30, 40 yard run. Is that something that you're you're looking forward to seeing today as well, Sean, from um, the new signing? Oh yeah, but I think it, the problem is you'll get stuck. I think on this pitch and with the low block. But I, yeah, I definitely, I think you'll see a lot of them in that kind of moving into the higher end of the middle third. Like you'll be almost right on the edge. There'll be points where he's 10, 20 yards into the Kilmarnock half and there'll be maybe one player behind them. It's going to be wild it's sometimes today how high up our team's going to be and how low Kilmarnock's going to be. It's it's the sort of thing we talk about when it's anti- we can, we don't, we've moved on from the term anti-football and we call it the low block now, but it's really not entertaining so much for unless you're a fan of the team that's fighting for their lives. I've got a couple of messages here. Here we go, right? Um, already coming in. Uh, Billy Subs Grant, look at the empty seats. Paul Campbell, amount of empty seats is embarrassing. We've got uh, Tam Mack, I the stands look empty. Empty seats uh, coming in from Michael Ross. It is embarrassing because there's so much good uh, to be said about Scottish football. We've got two massive, massive clubs in the league. And, um, you know, when you look at how well supported uh, the, the league is across Europe, it, it's a phenomenal product. Yet we continually, uh, time and time again, undersell it. Uh, there's also a message in here from Lawrence. Lawrence, Kosuke is still here. He bought a Celtic tracksuit top after seeing your axe on top. Does that make sense to you? Yes, Kosuke, one of our, our, our Japanese fans, he, he's over here. Yeah, I think he might be coming along Thursday to the, the gig up in Leith. But, um, oh, superb. Superb, Lawrence. Spreading the word as you do out there with the Axel merchandise on, which you can see behind us if you want to buy one of our Shamrock or Harp tops. Then get on the website, links underneath. Before we go to the action, though, Sean, I want you to tell us a wee bit more about Celtic Down Under. We're doing a match day collaboration all season where the games are simultaneously streamed on our YouTube and your Twitter. Tell us all about your show. Yeah, we've been going for a few years now. Uh, Jared is uh, the leader. He started us off a few years ago and then managed to recruit myself uh, in WA. Uh, John, who's out east in various locations, and Liam in Japan, who's been very handy uh, since Postacoglu. So with Postacoglu and the Japanese invasion, we've become very relevant, which is very interesting. Uh, but yeah, we've been going for a couple of years now. We do one generally one a week on a, a Wednesday uh, evening here, and which is a Wednesday morning in Scotland, and we, we tend to get a few 
good listens. Uh, not necessarily too many live, but we get quite a lot of listens and subscriptions these days. So we're picking up. Uh, probably no thanks to you guys chipping in with us. And no small, yeah, no small thanks, I should say. To no, it's great to collaborate. Obviously, it's brilliant, and obviously, your guys have been part of our charity weekenders two years running. Um, so it's great to have that friendship, and you, you can educate us about Australian football and everything that's happening over there as well, which is fantastic. Let's go to the action, then. We'll be back at half time. I've got to thank everybody for getting involved in the comments, as always. And finally, to the two Conleys, Lawrence and Sean. Thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.